How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Speed for it, cheer for uh, kind of like it. On the right wing side, here is Defoe. Shoots, he scores! Battling through it, finally. No sense bitching, right? This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All right, the last time that we recorded and talked about the Kings, we were hoping they were going to continue their win streak, get like 10 in a row, set a record or something. That didn't quite happen. They finally lost two games in a row. One was in overtime and then one was in regulation. But still, overall, the Kings, nine points ahead of second in the Pacific Division. I don't have uh, too many complaints about it. Yeah, no matter like the outcome, like we tried not to predict so hard because last time we ended up being unfortunately correct. Um, but this time they did not go. Uh, well, we were trying for 6-0, and but 4-0. and um, But yeah, I mean quote-unquote only a nine-point lead over San Jose right now in the division. Um, I would have liked the 10, but, you know, whatever. One positive thing, though, even though they didn't get, like, 10 win streaks in a row or whatever, they're still 7-1-2 and two in their last 10 games. And prior to the regulation loss against the Ottawa Senators, they had a standings point in their previous nine games, which is crazy. <laughs> so good job on that, at least. It's been actually kind of stressful because in their last nine games, they've gone into six overtime slash shootouts. And me personally, I'm just not always prepared or ready or, I don't know, emotionally stable for it. Um, So sometimes watching them is a bit of a... Uh, it's difficult. Yeah, and with the overtime, too, they went undefeated in three-on-three for so long that every time they went into overtime, I was like please stop doing this because I'm loving being able to say you're undefeated. And then finally, they were just dead tired in the game against the Buffalo Sabres. And uh, Ryan O'Reilly was able to put it away before the Kings could in overtime. And finally, they had a a loss in three on three. But it's like chill because, again, like they had played three games and four nights on the road and they were exhausted (laughs) against the Sabres and they still managed to push to overtime. So it's like, all right, that's unfortunate, but it's but. It is what it is. Yeah, but it's also still very unfortunate because it was against the Sabres. I know they were tired, but still, it was the Sabres. Um, And it was in overtime because at the very least, I was kind of hoping that they would make it to the shootout, that they could, you know, keep the back and forth going enough to... I I don't know why that makes it better for me. Um, If they weren't, (laughs) like, beat by the Sabres in overtime, (laughs) um, I would have rather them lost to lose in the shootout just because they're not always great at that anyway. So it would have been, like... A little bit better for me, but alas, that didn't happen. A little bit more expected. Yeah, maybe? exactly. I don't know. I, I feel like, I mean, I've been watching the Sabres a lot this season, and so the Sabres are nowhere near as terrible as they were last season. So even though they're not a good team, it's still sort of like they were rested. The Kings were not at all. Uh, it could have been a lot worse than it was because it was also just a 2-1 loss. It wasn't like they had allowed several goals and then had to tie a bunch. They only allowed one goal in regulation, or Jonas Enroth did. Um, so it, it was it was chill, I thought. I mean, I felt like actually the Senators game was a little more disappointing because the Kings had had a day of rest, and a lot of those goals were either like a mistake by Jonathan Quick or just like a defensive breakdown. And so it was like, could you please stop making 
weird mistakes. Could you please play the game that you play? That Eric Carlson shot, um, or goal, I guess, in the Senators game was just so ridiculous because I was like, it's passing by like nine people. It has to hit someone and not go in the goal, right? And that did not happen. It just like found every single pocket of air. Um to make that in. I have to say that the Senators, by the way, are a team that I had not thought about all season until the Kings played them. And uh, even though I know, like, Eric Carlson is super good, it was, like, a reminder just to see him play and be like, oh, yeah, he's a dude who racks up points all the time as a defenseman. So he's doing his thing still, I guess. It's kind of bizarre. I don't know what changed about this season, but I've definitely, I don't know, lost track or forgotten about of about a lot of teams that I usually follow, or at least am more tertially aware of. Like, you're right, I hadn't thought about the Senators at all until I was looking at some, like, either the point section or the goal section or the assist section of, like, the top players in the NHL, and I saw Bobby Ryan's name, like, one, haven't thought about him in ages, (laughs) two, forgot the Senators exist, but, you know, it happens. Yeah. But, like, I don't know why, (laughs) I don't know why, like, obviously the Sabres are apparently way more important okay uh because jack eichel hello yeah i know that is like the islanders are a team that i think about more why i don't know <laughs> that's fair I don't, who knows but yeah i completely forgot about the senators which is unfortunate because maybe the kings did too and then they lost them in regulation <laughs> whoops they like get there and they're like wait we haven't studied any video what team is this <laughs> what are we doing oh we're so unprepared <laughs> Well, now, um, amazingly, interestingly, uh, the Kings have two days between games. They play the Montreal Canadiens on Thursday, and so they're not just getting rest at any old hotel. They went to a quote-unquote mountain resort, which I find so great. They love their mountain resorts or sort of just like their bonding, like, field trips or whatever they're whatever it is like when they go up to canada and visit some like ranch together so that they can i don't know be closer as a team they love that stuff it's hilarious <laughs> to me i just imagine them doing trust falls in the snow or something similar i hope they're just like at the spa <laughs> um i hope that they're like in hot tubs together <laughs> randomly in the middle of winter <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I find it interesting that it's a sp- specifically a like retreat type of environment when they have two days. Like it's not even like they have four days off. It's just two days. But they're just going to get some some deep R&R between playing the Senators and then playing the Canadians. It's probably fair that they're having a retreat because the Kings are at the top of the, their division. Nine points against over San Jose. Sixth in the league, and San Jose is at 19th. That is a huge gap between uh, the two of them. So maybe they deserve a little R&R or like uh, a pat on the back for games well played. Fair. Totally true. And it's like maybe I feel like their schedule right now is pretty compacted and they're going to spend so much of it on the road in December. So it does make sense for them to try to find a way to squeeze in something a little special. But at the same time, I was not expecting it. But I'm down for it. Get pampered as much as you can in a 48 hour time period <laughs> go for it uh in the dead of winter too like go get have a mud bath or you know get some mani pedis it's gonna be great i'm jealous i'm jealous yeah. <laughs> 
but of course, the other thing too is like I'm now. If you're spending the next couple of days feeling really good, then you you have to win the game against the Canadians. You have to do it. Um, and they just lost tonight against San Jose, so California can just continue to roll through Montreal and kick butt. Hopefully, that's what I want to see. I would love to see that. They they had their their few games or their couple games lost, and so now they have to get back at it. Yeah, turn it around. Uh, although overall. We're now halfway through December, and the Kings have done pretty well so far. So, it, oh, in general, I feel like we have to note that their record is 19-9-2. So they have 40 points, but since their 0-3 start to the season, the Kings have only lost in regulation six times. And they've played 27 games since then, and they're continuing to do, even though they have, like we said, the two losses, they're continuing to do pretty well in December. Um, last year, 2014 in December, they finished the month after playing 14 games, and they scored 2.71 goals per game in that time. So far, they're exceeding themselves, outperforming a little bit. Um, they have 2.85 goals per game so far. We'll see if they hang on to that because, again, they play most of their games on the road this month. But things looking up for the Los Angeles Kings right now. It's pretty great that they don't seem to be succumbing to the dead of winter. In fact, they're like, bring on winter. <laughs> Let's see what we can do to it. It's kind of funny that we were pretty fatalistic at the beginning, being like, ugh, they lost their home opener. Kind of expected, but, you know, still disappointing. Lost two more games. Ugh, started at 0-3. and three, And now we're just like, they're just so good. We're feeling great about this right now. Right, yeah. And I feel like you can make plenty of jokes, and we probably will later on in this podcast, about how terrible the Pacific Division is. But the Kings, it's not even just like their first by default because they happen to be a couple games above other people like they're killing it <laughs> they're actually good and, <laughs> and yeah um, you can tell because um this is kind of about the time now that we're at the halfway mark where people start writing articles about who's a stanley cup contender and things like that and so travis yost um from tsn did a nice little article about how dominant the kings have been looking not only because of their wins like win streaks and like the number of wins that they've had but their five on five shot differential and how they're dominating dominating the league there and you know some other people have written articles about like hey the kings while missing the playoffs last season are starting to look like they you know they've won a couple of cups in the last few years so um you can kind of tell that it's they're doing pretty well i am so like you know the the nervous fan in me is like don't get your hopes up too much. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Don't get too excited. But also part of me is like, they could crush it. Like, what if the Kings go back to the Stanley Cup final? Like, they could do it. <laughs> they could do it right. That's how I feel right now. That's so. 100% how I feel right now, but I haven't wanted to voice that because <laughs> it feels weird. <laughs> right, yeah. It like, feels like I'm, I'm taunting something. Like, like, our focus really is just they get back in the playoffs. Don't make a mistake like they did last season. Right now they're on track. It looks real solid, and hopefully that continues. But I'm also like, but once they're in there, <laughs> they could do some damage again. Yeah. Luckily, everything that has been going well for them hasn't been a fluke. It's not that they've played, you know, only teams in a kind of struggling Pacific division or anything like, mm -hmm. like that. They've looked truly dominant. So um, their lines have kind of started clicking into place. There have been a few injuries, which we'll talk about in a second, but it hasn't seemed to affect 
like it hasn't seemed to affect them too terribly. They've sort of managed to adjust and make it work. Um, their defense is extremely strong, including like scoring goals. And yeah. Jonathan Quick has made some unbelievable saves. And Jonas, Jonas Enroth has not been like a ter- like he's been pretty good as a backup to give everyone a little bit of rest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like all of the it, it hasn't been luck. It hasn't been like absurdly high PDO. It hasn't been a fluke. It hasn't been playing like subpar Pacific Division teams. They've actually just had all of the components that we've seen um, when they've won the Stanley Cup in the past. So it could very well happen again. And I'm I'm excited about it. I, I guess we should talk about the injuries a little bit. So. Um, Kyle Clifford and Trevor Lewis have been placed on IR officially. Matt Green move into long-term, um, which seem like pretty significant hits, even just in terms of the number of bodies and like guys who are experienced. And so that means the Kings have had to call up some people. But like you said, I think, I think even before we talk about like Michael Mersh coming up, which fun um I, I feel like i should give a little credit to daryl sutter even though he made like a weird choice to go with like eighty-seven thousand defensemen in the game against the senators and then only played five of them or something um despite that i feel like overall it's probably a testament to him and the assistant coaches about how well they are able to instill and then ex- have the players execute the system even the ones who are new and sort of need to adjust i mean it's also obviously a credit to the talent that's on the rosters who's who uh who have absorbed and continue to sort of, like, be the role models for how this team plays. And that's, like, Jeff Carter, Andre Kopitar, um, those guys. But still, also credit to the coaches because they've been able to plug in new people and it still works. The Kings still are pretty dominant on the ice and they look good. It's, I don't know, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool to see because usually um, a an injury like this, I mean, they're not top-line guys by any means, but, you know, they're pretty solid sort of like core players um especially experienced within the kings and oftentimes when things like this have happened in the past um any sort of attempts at replacement have there's been like a few games of just like shakiness or a few games of like oh this is not and will never work and has required like a huge rearrangement but everything has been like for all of the injuries the Kings have had and the shifting to IR and like LTIR and all that stuff, um, it hasn't been too bad. It's been fairly mild, the the like effect to right. the Kings team and like their production or like you can't say that, oh, because of this person being gone, like the the, sh- the shot percentage of like the, the fourth line has decreased dramatically. Like, I mean, you know, some things falter. Um, it, it ebbs and flows from game to game, but it hasn't been any sort of drastic difference because of the injuries. And, I mean, it it, it seems to be kind of, like, settling down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and I mean, it is still pretty, like, early. Michael Barsh has only played in three games. And also you made a great point about the fact that, like, guys like Clifford and Lewis don't score a whole lot anyway. And so a lot of us, I think, who follow um, some of the underlying numbers and look at what guys like Wheel and Mersh are the potential they have um the kings possibly we shall see as you know these next few weeks continue potentially have like added more actual goal scoring maybe um but still before before those guys can even get to the point where they're trying to score goals and whatnot they got to establish themselves defensively and make daryl Sutter trust them and so far we talked a little bit about like with Jordan Wheel when he wasn't able to get in consecutive games or whatever. He struggled a little bit, but he it had started to change around 
and I hope to see that continue, even though he was scratched against Ottawa. Um, Michael Mersch, I guess we should talk about him now. So he gets called up. Great day for for him. He plays his first game against Pittsburgh. And even in that game, dude was, like, shooting the puck at the net. <laughs> he, I mean, he just dug right in. It's kind of awesome. No, it was great because oftentimes, I, I don't know, maybe – other Kings prospects have seen the the Daryl Sutter doghouse and decided they didn't want to be in it, so have been a little bit more um, silent or, you know, not as aggressive. I don't know. Or maybe they just couldn't do anything. Whatever. But Michael Murch seemed to be putting his best foot forward um, to try to really prove himself um, like to, as a player, as an option on the team. Yeah, and he's, I think... It's really paid off for him so far because I noticed in the last game that the Kings played, they went on the penalty kill. Somehow Michael Mersch got time on the PK, even though it was his third game in the NHL. Daryl Center, I don't know what it is that he likes about Michael Mersch so much, but I'm glad that he likes it because dude is getting quite a shot. Doesn't that feel uh, like the, the biggest NHL. the biggest nod from Daryl Sutter or like the biggest like you done good son like dad nod <laughs> yeah. from Daryl Sutter is being put on the PK. Yeah I mean especially so early and then like meanwhile Jordan Wheel is watching from the press box like what am I doing wrong? <laughs> what did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong? Did you not like that present I got you? I don't understand. <laughs> Poor guy. I mean I guess I think his problem is just that like he's small so <laughs> That's true. But hopefully uh, he gets he gets a little more love from Daryl Sutter in the future. But right now I'm stoked for Michael Mersh. I'm like, yeah, keep it up. Leave him out there. Let him – let's see what he can do. Um, if he really takes off, sorry to Clifford and <laughs> – <laughs> No, I don't think it will be a problem. But it will it'll be a little, little bit of a bummer if he does like really start to take off. And then it's like, oh, well, he's gone now. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He got a full 30 seconds on the PK in uh, that game against the Senators. I mean, that's still way more it's than still I thought way, he was going to get. It's still way more. <laughs> um, it's just kind of funny to me that we're we're so excited, and rightly so, because this is a big deal in this particular situation. But it's also, like, in the grand scheme, it was like 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. It's still, like, the very, very beginning of his, his career. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, so exciting for him in the Pittsburgh game. I think like a bunch of his family was there. This is a big day for Michael Mersh. <laughs> the Kings got a win out of it. Pretty nice. Um, it's it's fun, I think, to see. I mean, as much as I've loved the stability of the Kings roster and having a lot of consistency has really helped them to stay strong and make deep runs. It is exciting this season to see new faces rotated in with a little more frequency and regularity than the last couple of seasons uh, because we just haven't seen it and it's not even like for horrible reasons it's not like oh the team is falling apart so it's time to try anything that works it's just like a couple unfortunate injuries get to see some new faces young guys get a chance um it's an exciting time i was gonna say i like it in this circumstance because yeah um there is a solid course so they have a chance without feeling like you know the pressures on them, or you know that they're suit like in the spotlight about it. You know they have, if they make a mistake, okay, that's fine. You know you've got everyone else to kind of, you they got your back. Whereas I'm gonna say with like Edmonton or something like that, okay, you're a big star. We're all excited to see what you can do, but also yeah. everything is on you because the rest <laughs> of the team is garbage, and so they can't 
Like, you are forced to compete at 100%, 110% all the time, always. Like, no room for error. Anything that you do wrong or not, like, the way you should have is put on blast. And that doesn't make for a great learning experience. And it's probably not great for the fans either. With as much as they want to see how well, like, these prospective players do. But if they do something wrong, you know... Unfortunately, the entire team was hinging on them doing well. So it's nice in this sort of, like, calm, stable team manner to see, like, all right, everyone's kind of, like, everyone's been together for a while. You see one or two or three guys kind of cutting their teeth on in the big leagues, and and that's nice. So, like, any little mistake, okay, it happens, but we'll all shrug it off, and it's totally fine instead of it being the end of the world or they're now a terrible player. So it's good to see them in, like, a helpful, encouraging situation instead of a, like, here, you're supposed to be a number one goal scorer, so go do that right now, immediately. Right, yeah, I think that's a great point. It, it allows them to have that confidence and build it up a little a little easier than maybe in another circumstance. And it kind of, I mean, that's sort of kind of what happened with Toffoli and Pearson when they came in, um, and Martin Jones, too, to a certain extent. I mean, even though he's a goalie, so it's, you know, different flavor, but with Toffoli and Pearson, like the Kings were not a team that was in trouble. They just have happened to have a couple open spots and they got to be part of a team that was strong and then really um, at one point took off, particularly later in the season. And then obviously in the playoffs when that 70s line came together and everybody was like, well, this is the best fucking thing that's happened <laughs> um, in a while. <laughs> so they were able to sort of build that confidence and still have fun and get used to the system and have some struggles, but still be creative. Um, and I, I think that is the opportunity that some of the guys who are coming in now and who are not ex- being expected to like be thrown up on the second line or anything. We've had Nick Shore. He's like, he, we, he was, he was able to just sort of be a quiet player. And then everybody was like, wait a second, he's kind of good <laughs> so far. Let's pay more attention. Um, <laughs> Now the same thing with Marsh and with Wheel and whatnot. It's cool. It's it's just fun to watch, and I'm having a good time. I mean, for goodness sakes, we saw Tanner Pearson stand against a wall, like being like, "I'm not here. I'm not. I don't exist. <laughs> yeah. Don't look at me. Don't hand me the puck." And we all laughed and shrugged it off because <laughs> the Kings were doing fine otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> um, if we're any other other circumstance, that would have been terrible. It's like here's this golden platter. Yeah. Like here's something. Like here's the experience for you on a golden platter. Why aren't you doing something with it? But it was like, oh, well, we gave you a shot. We're quite ready yet. Now we know. <laughs> we'll yeah, yeah. like ease you into this now. And it was totally fine. So this is really just like an ideal situation. And, you know, the Kings always love to trade their draft picks or trade away, you know, prospects and things like that. And that can be really frustrating for some of us who want to see like a, a homegrown Kings player. Um, so it's nice to see that they're – being kind of like encouraged in this way Mm -hmm. like seeing them actually get like a true a true chance just a quick pause on that flashback moment to tanner pearson's first nhl game i always it's not that i forget it but every time i think about it i also remember like his first game was a playoff game which is exactly insane (laughs) that that is true for him and he did just like stop and watch but it's like i get it it's also the playoffs but also it's the playoffs (laughs) 
<laughs> don't do that. Uh, but it's crazy that that his first NHL game. That's was like the game. craziest thing. It's like, hey, you're an intern for like <laughs> yeah. some company. The first chance you actually get to do work, please give this presentation in front <laughs> right. of like a hundred thousand people. You're the face of the company yeah, now. Uh, Go and then you're bosses. like, wait, what? <laughs> What's happening? Well, that's like. I mean, I'd probably stare deer in headlights too. Like fair. Enough. Well, that's like, and the Kings. I don't know if he'll play on Thursday, but Dustin Tokarski when the Habs went to the Eastern Conference Final, he had, like, the previous, like, week or something just been chilling on his couch. Like, there were tweets for him, like, watching the Habs. And then because of things that happened, um, Carey Price got injured in that series, right? Like, he, it was like, all right, yeah. you're a net. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Sometimes you're wild like, stuff wait, happens. I just ate... <laughs> I just ate a pint of Ben and Jerry's because I didn't think I'd have to do anything. I've been, like, marathoning Game of Thrones. What do you mean I have, like, playoff things I gotta do Yeah, now? I thought my season was done, but hey, <laughs> I, I'm in the playoffs. And not just the playoffs, but the Eastern Conference Final. And I gotta figure out a way to try to best Heinrich Lundqvist. Good luck! I guess I'll stretch now? Okay. Like, yeah. really? It's the worst. <laughs> The NHL is sometimes super wild, but it's cool. But yeah, good good for those young guys. I love watching them get into games, and it's a fun time for the Kings right now. Um, for the guys who are injured, I think Clifford, I mean, they haven't straight up said it, but I think dude has a concussion. So that's unfortunate. He's had a couple before, and um, I'm always, I was always worried that he would get another one, and it's unfortunate if he does really have a concussion or really bad concussion symptoms. Um, and I hope that he heals up completely. Me too. Also, can I just talk about how fun slash funny that Pittsburgh game was? Um, it was amazing. <laughs> it was pretty great to watch. Mostly because everyone seemed to be getting in weird brawls. And I was like, why is Chris Kunitz trying to choke someone yeah. like 10 times larger than he is? Why? I loved, uh, so like the Queen's, I, I forget if it was on like Twitter or Instagram or something like that did a mashup of like a little brawl that they were having to the commercial for Twister because they were all just like on top of each other like going at it and I'm like yeah that sounds about right like nothing's happening they're just like falling on top of each other and that was how a bunch of the game was it was crazy because it all started because Jeff Carter technically slashed Evgeny Malkin on the back of his leg and Malkin went down so easily and then got which is like fine whatever people try to sell calls to get calls I don't I don't really care about diving or whatever but I thought it was weird that he did that and then seemed to get really angry with Jeff Carter and tried to start a fight with him and then it was kind of funny because Jeff Carter I mean it's Jeff Carter he doesn't really fight so he was kind of ignored Malkin but then Getty Malkin tried to get in a couple of punches. Other Kings players come over, and it was just like this domino effect. The funniest part to me was because Sidney Crosby jumped on somebody, so then um, Kings player tried to jump on him, and and then another player, Penguins player, tried to jump on that person for jumping on Sidney Crosby, and then Ajay Kopitar tried to get involved, but Phil Kessel came over and like pulled him off, and then like tackled him down. <laughs> And there was just this moment of like, why is this happening? <laughs> what is going on? It is on? not the line. These are not the lines you would expect to be in a brawl. Like when the whole like slash, like 
whatever di- dive whatever happened, I was like, oh, okay, so that's annoying. They'll probably get into a few tussles, but nothing's like some extensive shoving. Yeah. But that's about it. I didn't expect for punches. I was in public when I watched this. I was like, oh, gosh, that was silly or whatever. This is going to be like lasting throughout the game. And they then they started kind of like shoving a little more. And I was like, wait this isn't happening, right? And then they started throwing punches, and I was like, no, everything has gone completely crazy, because when you say the words and then Phil Kessel <laughs> jumped on Anjay Kopitar, you're like, what we world am I in all of a sudden? Far. This is gone. Yeah. When Phil Kessel is, like, trying to defend Sidney Crosby's honor <laughs> against uh, Anjay Kopitar, I'm like, who, this isn't a real hockey game. This doesn't <laughs> yeah. sound right. Also, all of you people get paid way too much money to be in this dog pile. That's the thing. I was like, okay, fine. Fourth line, like grinders, whatever. Do your thing. I get it. Like, wait until the next shift and exact your revenge. Fight for whatever, whatever like honor you feel like doing. But I was like, oh, you guys are gonna fight for yourselves. I mean, cool, but this is weird. Like, you guys yeah. make a lot of money. Maybe don't injure yourselves <laughs> right. trying to punch each other in the face. Don't try to tackle each other. I don't. Yeah, I'm gonna think about. Yeah, like Sydney Crosby. You're a generational talent maybe don't get involved <laughs> like i don't know <laughs> he jumped in because i don't know either um so yeah that was that game was silly and i feel like in previous games because remember last year one of the games i think it was last year where justin williams and evgeny malkin fought i don't know malkin always gets really hype against the kings in a way that i do not understand <laughs> But it is real. He does not like them. And then other guys kind of get dragged into it. I take it as a sign of respect. (laughs) As, like, in a sign of, like, he respects the talent of the kings (laughs) and is very annoyed by it, which, fair. Um, And then fights them. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's it's just, like, a very bizarre, like, because he doesn't usually get too worried about anything else, but he just seems to be very annoyed yeah. by uh, what the Kings do. That happened. Um, I'm always surprised by, like, the weird tensions between Kings and, and Penguins. Uh, I'm not as surprised by the Blue Jackets, because I think the Blue Jackets are, like, you know, the the, de- the, the diet version of the St. Louis Blues in terms of team identity. <laughs> um, so I'm not surprised. Brandon Jubinski kind of ridiculous mess but the penguins i am a little surprised about and then um the kings have no beef with like the sabers just senators so those games weren't as crazy in that way but the the start of the road trip a little physical yeah (laughs) a little a little wild unexpectedly uh physical yeah okay i feel like we got to talk about the rest of the pacific division in that we have noted the kings have a nine point lead on second but the gap between second, which is the Sharks with 31 points, and the Ducks, who are last in the Pacific, which is amazing, by the way, um, they have 27. That gap, so much smaller. Right now, there are, what, three or four teams tied at 30 points. The the leapfrogging happening after the Kings in the Pacific Division is amazing. Um, it's it's pretty great because the the Flames are currently on like a six game road streak, but they're still fourth in the division because they've just been so terrible, and they're one of the teams that's tied at thirty. Um, yeah. Arizona is third <laughs> yeah. in the Pacific right now. Who guessed that? I mean, obviously, halfway through the season, plenty of things have changed. Uh, but Arizona at three and Anaheim at seven did not see that one coming. It's hilarious to me because, okay, so briefly, um, yesterday, in fact, I believe, 
there was a moment where the Edmonton Oilers were in a playoff spot. They were third in the Pacific Division while with their 30 points, while simultaneously being 21st in the league. That's <laughs> so embarrassing on the part of the Pacific Division. But it was true that a team who only who's 21st in the league could have a the third like guaranteed playoff spot in the Pacific Division. I hope that by some ridiculous miracle, the Pacific Division sends the Kings, the Edmonton Oilers, and the Calgary Flames to the playoffs. I hope so. I would I would love that so much. <laughs> I want Edmonton to get a playoff spot so badly, but this is kind of one of those funny things because at this point in the season, the Kings are so far ahead where they just, like, if this were some other situation, be like, oh, like, embarrassed as to where you came from. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, you're doing really well, but the the cards weren't very stacked against <laughs> you at that point. You're like, oh, yeah, first the di- first in the division. And then you're like, oh, but everyone else everyone is, like, else is trash. awful. <laughs> yep. Still, I'll take it. I mean, I'm just imagining a scenario where, like, Calgary and Edmonton make it in. And then so they would play each other. And... That would be fantastic, and I hope that Edmonton would get, like, swept, <laughs> because that would be <laughs> embarrassing for them. Calgary would have bragging rights on the, what is their, like, Battle of uh, Alberta? Is that what it's called? Suddenly yeah. I can't remember. Okay. I think so. <laughs> right. Okay. That would be awesome. And then it's like, they both made it in with some terrible, very low number of points while the, like the central or whatever even right now like those teams have the sharks have 31 but then in the central it's like third place is what 38 points or something crazy like that yeah uh the winnipeg jets are the bottom of the central division and they have 30 points yeah they're seventh in the central but they have 30 points <laughs> which would have given them third in the pacific that's this is where we're at right now. We so constantly, so we're always involved in some sort of like preseason predictions, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, usually predicting who's going to win the Stanley Cup or, but mostly who's going to win the division. We, in our, you know, Homer heart of hearts, want to see the Kings, but can never actually say it. But what if this is the year? Yeah. Like right now it's happening. Um, and it's very bizarre to say that, like, what if this lasts? I I mean, I think it's entirely possible based both on the fact that the Kings are legitimately really good and that the rest of the Pacific Division is legitimately really bad. So (laughs) it could absolutely happen. I mean, you know, randomness could mess the Kings up. But so far this season, we're used to as Kings fans talking about how well they play and being like, this is the way things should go for them. And so far for the 2015-16 season, they're getting a lot more of those should have won outcomes where where it actually goes in their favor. So maybe they do win the division and maybe they do have a great playoff showing. Like it's totally possible. It's not even outrageous. It's not even a dream. It's like it could happen. Yeah, that's not even us like reaching for the like very close stars or anything like that. It's just it it's a legitimate thing that might happen and I'm still adjusting to that feels nice though i like the way it feels on me no yeah it feels great i'm not complaining (laughs) mostly because it's like mostly because the backbone is the kings are actually playing legitimately well there's not any huge holes in you know goalie defensemen forwards shots uh goals any any of that 
It all looks right. pretty darn good. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling hype about this. I'm like super amped. Um, meanwhile, I guess we could take a moment before we talk about other things elsewhere in the league and whatnot to acknowledge some ex-kings, which it's not going that great for them, I guess. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk it out. But first of all, Jarrett Stoll, <laughs> who was with the New York Rangers, got put on waivers, which could have been really sad, but he got claimed and is now inexplicably part of the Minnesota Wild. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of all I have to say. I was, I, well, I was kind of surprised to see him on waivers. I, I, I haven't really been following the Rangers, so I guess I just really didn't know what was going on there, how he was producing. So, one, I was kind of, like, startled to see him on waivers, and I was like, okay, well, you know, he's probably kind of done. Maybe he's just, like, not producing well. Um, and then he got picked up by the Wild, and I was just confused about what he could do for them there. I, I guess I'm just overall very confused about Jared Stoll's bouncing around. Yeah, me too. I thought for a second that his career was over as well. Because yeah. because I feel like once you get to the point where it's like, there's no trade option for you, that they're just going to put you on waivers, that probably indicates that there was no trade out there, potentially. But um, So I was happy for him to see him get claimed, and he's going to get another shot somewhere. Uh, but, I mean, he there's a reason the Kings didn't re-sign him. So um, he is... He's older. His game is declining. But I am glad that he is at least going to have another shot before it is potentially all over. But that doesn't mean he's randomly on the wild now. Yeah, I, I think I was just mostly confused because so he left the Rangers. and The Rangers are currently fourth in the the league. So it's not like they were, they needed to make any huge moves True. to, you know, jump up anywhere. And the Minnesota Wild, they're at eighth in the league. It's not like they're – I mean, they are in – the central so it's like maybe that's why they needed to but it's not like they're suffering so much that they like i can't imagine that they really need Jarrett Stoll. like obviously i don't follow the wild very much i don't know if they have particular deficiencies that Jarrett Stoll satisfies but it seems kind of strange to me that now would be the time that the rangers are like oh he's this is the straw that broke the camel's back we need something else or we need room for something else and Jarrett, you gotta go and minnesota's like oh well we could use you because it, it just seems like, either if the Rangers were on, like, some sort of, like, downturn, then, okay, you know, get rid of something that's not working, find something new. But they seem to be doing fine, and the Minnesota Wild don't seem to be struggling too much, so it's kind of, it was just, like, confusing to me as to why that particular drop and pickup happened. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because also Jared Stoll doesn't have, like, a huge contract or anything, so so it is strange. Yeah. And unfortunate, you know, once you go from being on a team for years and really stable, and now he's sort of in a position of bouncing around later in his career. Um, but I wish him the best, and um, except against the Kings. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Good luck with that. I don't think we talked about Colin Frazier retiring. We might have mentioned it, but we didn't really talk about it. He has officially retired from the NHL. Is this for real, this note here that he's going to become a financial planner? I read an article <laughs> that he was going to be a financial planner, um, that he, the reason that he was okay with kind of like getting out of the league and all of that is because he knew that he had something to offer elsewhere. Um, and a lot of it is, I, I mean, we talked about, I think last season, the whole thing with Jack Johnson and his family uh, right. managing his money and him going bankrupt because of that. Um that kind of reminds me, uh, 
So Colin Fraser is going to be some sort of like financial planner, apparently, huh. to hockey players to help manage their money, um, about how to manage things when they're like traveling all their all the time. It's a very unique situation that of yeah, yeah. one a pro athlete and one of an NHL athlete, especially maybe for those who get like um, assigned like back and forth to the AHL and the NHL and what that means for Sal. You know, like all of those variable things that he would know a lot about. So um, it looks like he's going to be some sort of advisor uh, who knows, you know, what's going on in there. And so is is really adept and able to help people manage their money. And we don't hear so many things about, you know, this great player who's had this amazing contract and has done so much for their team, but has for some reason become bankrupt and destitute. And hopefully he'll help, you know, players coming into this league or current players now kind of manage their funds a little better. That's cool. It's one of those things where it's pretty cool. that where um it sounds so obvious that somebody would try to do that that part of me is like I can't believe there are not enough resources out there already. Even though at the same time it's like until the new CBA they didn't have any sort of rookie or orientation program at all in the NHL, so I know they're super behind on stuff, but it is I think both him on the financial side, um, even the Kings hiring Brett Myers to talk, just so players have someone else to talk to that's not like their supervisor, basically, um, if they have problems and whatnot. It's cool that these things are being implemented, but it is kind of like, wow, I can't believe, like, I mean, the league has been around for so long. Why why, didn't, why isn't there more of this already? No, absolutely. It's like, why don't you, why haven't you seen your players as, like, people that have problems yeah. and lives mm-hmm. that need to be managed and help them with that instead of just stars that are here to score you goals or stop other people from scoring goals or whatever. And only now they're trying to kind of put that into place. I guess maybe now people talk about it more. Um, it's a little bit more widespread, you know, with the push of a button, Twitter will know everything about and people will, you know, talk and investigate and all that stuff. So the pressure's on, but I mean, at least that's enacting some change. And I mean, I guess part of it too is sort of shedding or trying to evolve a mindset about like the idea of why people play sports and you know i mean there's still that attitude that like if a guy gets hurt and he plays through it that he's like a hero or something instead of a dude who's playing hurt and the idea that they can just subsist off their passion for hockey um it's like no probably you should also think about your life outside of the game and whatnot and it's cool to see that culture shift happening um but it's kind of one of those things where it's like it's it's weird that it is happening now because you just assume that they're taking care of all those things. But it's like, probably, if you're not seeing it being taken care of, there's a good chance it's just not. Um, yeah. But I'm glad yeah, to see people don't, like Don't assume, yeah, don't assume that there's some sort of, like, uh, support network happening for a particular thing. There's probably not. I mean, there might be now, but oftentimes there's not. Yeah. Um, but the whole, like, uh, playing through her, like, Pascal Dupuis was just like, okay, that's it. Yeah. You know, I'm... I'm hanging up the skates because this is a little too much now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting... And also, uh, there was just an article that Calgary Flames posted with Brian McGratton because he's seven years sober, and so he's talked about like how he already knows when he's done playing. Right now, he's playing with the Ducks AHL affiliate, I believe. But he said that when he's done playing, he wants to get involved in like reaching out similar to Brett Myers, but probably from a little bit of a different angle uh, players who 
aren't sober, want to get sober, having problems in general with substance abuse and stuff like that. And just having people to talk to because it, it just doesn't really exist. And for him, being sober has been such a key part of um, changing his life around, enjoying his career more, uh, being able to have a family. So... I don't know. I think it's it's just fascinating how much of this is happening sort of all at the same time. Yeah, it's it's kind of a wild, wild west situation. I mean, it's good. Uh, yeah, we'll see sure. what sticks. We'll see what works. Some things won't. And that's to be expected. And I mean, we're all obviously probably going to be like overly critical of it. But that's kind of what happens during times like this. Um, yeah. But at least something is being done, which is an excellent and only a good thing. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, you know, you, people got to try a bunch of stuff and then we figure out what's the most efficient and what's the most effective. Um, but it's cool to see a lot of players or a number of players, I should say, openly talking about their interests in doing things that help other players and creating new types of programs and new approaches to things um, openly and, and trying to get it started. That's that's really that's really awesome. And um, I think it's kind of rad that Colin Frazier is like, I've figured out a place for me to fit in this league that I think could be really helpful. Good luck, dude. It's it's heartening, too, to, you know, everyone talks about, you know, like brotherhoods and, you know, everyone being like family. But once you're done with the NHL and to come back and make sure that everyone is doing well physically, mentally, financially, and all of that, I mean, I think that really, like, drives at home like put your money where your mouth is you want to make sure everyone's doing well like make sure everyone's doing well in all aspects not just the hockey playing aspects and i i hearing people want to help with substance abuse or um wants to be a spokesperson for you know like concussions or or things like that uh is really it's really nice to hear everyone kind of rallying around each other that way like wanting to support each other Mm -hmm. so one other bit of ex-king news Rob Scuderi. Which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, which has nothing to do with, like, being super noble and whatnot. <laughs> it's just funny. So Penguins fans have been complaining for a while about Rob Scuderi because he's older, he's not as effective, and they were like, get rid of him, scratch him, something. And so in the middle of the Penguins playing a game, it was announced that Rob Scuderi had been traded from the Pittsburgh Penguins to the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for Trevor Daly, which is amazing. I love it so much. It's, it's like the most random trade at the most, at the weirdest time. I just, <laughs> it was so bizarre. Um, I got a good hearty laugh about it, but it's just one of those things where the headline was like, what, really? Confirmed it. I was like, yeah, that's yeah. freaking great. So part of the reason why it happened is because Trevor Daly requested a trade out of Chicago. He told reporters that he had enjoyed his time there, his short time there, but they weren't using him as much as he thought. As he wanted to be, I guess, or he wasn't able to be, he wasn't given the time, the space, or whatever to be as effective as he thought that he could be. He was basically like, look, I think I have more to offer. Of course, there has been speculation because he has only been there for a hot second, like that maybe he didn't really like the organization very much. Whatever, speculation. On the record, though, he was like, 
I just think I can offer more to a team. So that is part of why it happened. I don't know specifically why the Blackhawks decided that trading for Rob Scuderi was why that needed to <laughs> that needed to be the exchange. But um, the Penguins retained, I think, a third of his salary. He has another year on his contract, I believe, after this season, um, and he's just not good. So as a Kings fan, <laughs> as a Kings fan who respects Rob Scuderi for his contributions to the LA Kings and their first championship. Thanks, guy. Um, but it's also really exciting to see him, who is just a little too old to be effective, on the Chicago Blackhawks, who right now it seems like a possibility that the, that the Kings could play them in like the first friggin' round, that they could be terrible. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the Blackhawks love like some of the older aging guys. They really do. True. Especially older aging, like aging guys who played for the Kings. <laughs> what up, Michael Hansis? Yeah, that's <laughs> fair enough. Um, I think you pretty much covered that with just like the he's not good. <laughs> <laughs> he's not great. Accurate. He's not great. But you know, much respect to him. And in a way, it's like even now, Rob Scuderi is trying to help the Los Angeles Kings and respect Uh, yeah i appreciate that mad (laughs) mad props um all right uh any other kings things you have on your mind i guess we have a couple other random items but any other king specific things not too many other king specific things they did lose but they're still doing great they're still looking great and that all that that's all that really matters so more of the same while they're on the road really yeah yeah just you know play well win win a couple more games and strong then they have one game against san jose at staples center and then i think they go right back out on the road so busy month for the kings in terms of travel uh but hopefully it's a successful one by the end of it i enjoyed seeing tyler Toffoli score a goal yeah it's been a little bit so he scored a power play goal uh-huh he it was kind uh, of a gift. the senator? <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of a gift goal. A little bit of yeah. <laughs> communication or a weird bounce or something. And there was no goalie in net, but Tyler Toffoli was right there. So he was like, oh, cool. <laughs> I'll just tap this sucker in. Go no big deal. In. Yeah. I will take it. Glad I mean, to see him back. I felt like he was owed it. He's had a lot of scoring chances that just did not go in. Or goalies just like making some crazy out of their mind save on him. So yeah. he, he, he kind of was due for a little bit of a gimme. Um and he took it. <laughs> Random things before we finish. I like, I think I talked about on here at one point that, I, I know I've talked about it to people. I'm not sure if I talked about it on the podcast. But one of the most fun things to me this year was in ESPN's The Body Issue. They did like this this little tiny comic book where it was like the Marvel characters as if they were in The Body Issue. Really nice drawings and whatnot. Anyway, so they just did another nerdy thing for Star Wars being released, and they came up with starting lineups in the major sports in the U.S., including hockey. I was like, are they just going to do, like, basketball and football and baseball and just ignore other sports? But no, hockey (laughs) is in there. They also did soccer. Um, And so it's kind of fun to see what their starting lineup was, including Chewbacca as a left wing. And because it's a left wing, it made me think of Mila and Lucic. This description I thought was pretty fun. So I'm going to read it really quick. Um, It says, quote, this monstrous forward has skills and he can step in and end an altercation in a flash. Chewbacca, Han Solo's wingman, will do just about anything for his center because Han Solo is a center in this scenario. Um, (laughs) 
He also has surprisingly soft hands and provides a colossal screen in front of the net on the power play, uh, which I just thought was like too fitting in terms of when you think of power forward, I think pretty much the first person that comes to mind for a lot of people is Milan Lucic. So it was, uh, it was just kind of funny. I love that under best skill, it's clutching and grabbing, which is <laughs> right. also extremely accurate. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, Darth Vader is listed as the starting goaltender in this situation. And they talk about how he's unpredictable because you don't know like if he's going to make a save or like wave his stick at people. And I was like, oh, Jonathan Quick. <laughs> um <laughs> So that's fun. I I love how these were basically like um, horoscopes. Because (laughs) no matter what team you're a fan of or like what situation, you can read any one of these sentences to fit one of the players on your team. And you're like, yeah, that sounds about right. This is totally about my team. And um, it it made me really happy, actually. Although the coach they have is Obi-Wan. And I was like, that's not Daryl Sutter. <laughs> that's <laughs> no, <not>. no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, he can fake it like he's, you know, calm and chill, but that's not really his nature. Um, not that he's a yeller, but he's kind of intense. So, yeah, <laughs> check that out if you like kind of nerdy, nerdy stuff. I thought it was pretty fun. Um, another thing that I like to do is it is my hope that eventually one day, I mean, it's tr- like, okay, so... I really want like a junior Kings player to become part of the Los Angeles Kings. Um, It has not happened, but I do like to still keep tabs on former uh, junior Kings and what they do in the NHL. Like um, I want it to be Bo Bennett. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Like we've talked about like how fun it would be if Bo Bennett played on the Kings for whatever reason. I mean, I mean, the dude was outside of Staples Center when they won the cup in 2012. Like, come on, (laughs) please. (laughs) So he was a former Junior King. Um, Something that I read this week because Vice Sports wrote an article on him is Canucks prospect Thatcher Demko is from San Diego, but grew up big Kings fan and played for the Junior Kings. And he's having a really cool season at BC College. He had to get surgery to fix his labrum, I think is what it said. And he's only six months into recovery from it, but he's playing again. So he's like, I'm not even a hundred percent, but already this season he's had six shutouts, which was leading the nation. Um, and a save percentage of nine forty one and a 1.62 goals against average. The dude had to relearn how to make his knees bend. And then from there, retrain himself to walk and now he's like killing the game this season in college (laughs) and i mean he's a canucks prospect so it's like divisional rivals that's kind of a bummer but southern california boy former junior king kings fan i just thought it was a cool thing to to mention that's pretty cool i'm always gonna root for people from southern california who make it big and will continue to do so until the nhl is flooded with people from southern california (laughs) and then i won't have to care as much Pretty much. Just put all the California people in there and watch them kill it. Like, I'm like, California hockey. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. I, until it is no longer, um, like, reasonable or notable to say Long Beach native, right. I'm for everyone from Southern California. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's still exciting. So, And, and he's not in the NHL now. He's still in college. So it's not like the Kings have to worry about him today. So uh, it's cool that he's having a good Yeah, year. and the Canucks are not great right now. So. Right. So it's fine. <laughs> so it's cool. Quick note on Bo Bennett, because I meant to actually mention this in the last podcast when the Kings played the Penguins. Um, 
something I had forgotten about and then rediscovered is that in addition to being a huge Kings fan, he went to college with Nick Shore and they're really good friends. So I hope that sometimes they talk about the fact that Nick Shore is playing with the Kings. <laughs> Bo Bennett's favorite team. I just, it amuses me to think about that. Bo Bennett's just like extremely jealous of the fact. Yeah. <laughs> that is what he plays on his favorite team. I'm just like, I'm so pretty great. sure Bo Bennett went to a game during the 2014 Stanley Cup run as well. So it's not even just like once upon a time before he started playing in the NHL. No, he still likes them. He's still a Kings fan. He's still, he's still hanging around. He still wants to see playoff games with the Kings. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think that's all I got for this week. Me too. I'm I'm still happy. A couple losses, but I'm still I'm still pretty amped on the Kings and what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, me too. It's I mean it's a good time. And I just think about last season when everything, even though they weren't playing terribly, just the entire season was vaguely to intensely sad at different times for different <laughs> reasons. And I feel really good lately and that's that's dope. I remember why I really like following this yep. team. That's feeling good. I'm trying not to wait for the other shoe to drop, but I'm feeling so. I'm just gonna say I feel yeah. great. Yeah, just just stay on the high note for now. Don't even worry about anything coming down. Uh, hopefully, we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess we will wrap this up. It's been about an hour, almost an hour. Um, you know where to find us. Follow us on Twitter, thxbud. Um, on Facebook, same thing, THXBUD. To email us, chirp at thingspud.com. We do read any emails that we get sent, um, and we like talking to you guys about stuff you're excited about um, because we are huge nerds as well. I think that's pretty much it. Take care of yourselves, friends. We will talk to you in a week. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, friends. <laughs>